saving families. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of people, little kids that have been taken in slavery over in Pakistan, and they're getting set free. He's uh, apostolic to, to the nations, and he oversees and is president of all the home group churches across America and part of South America. So that's just how we kick it off next week. And then uh, read your itineraries and everything that are coming up. The schedule will be out there. Don't miss anything. You don't want to be sorry and miss anything. But if you do, we'll have some of those things up on YouTube. Uh, and we'll have our ministry, uh, you know, the things that happen at night on iTunes. So you'll be able to go to our website and get that and click on. But it's always better to be here because this is where that liquid anointing is, you know. That's where you get in here and you get baptized in that liquid anointing that comes and flows from the throne of God. Well, we were there this weekend. How many of you know what the theme is for Tabernacles this year? It's unleashing miracles. Those things have been out there. That's the theme. That's what God said. I'm going to come and unleash miracles. And when we were down in Worcester, there were miracles all over the place. I'm not going to take time to tell you about all of those. You can go to any of you. You guys can raise your hand that went, and they can tell you. They'll give you their testimony. But... um, Okay, I, I don't know when that's coming, but what, you have something you need to share? Is, is it for now? That's what I'm asking you. Is it now? Is it, you had a vision or something? Okay, well, come up. Hurry, because uh, we want to move. Uh, what I want us to do is keep the flow going. No dam up of the spirit today. So let's keep the flow going. Okay. I think this is too full because I think... Uh Judy and I felt it in the spirit while we were up there in the, uh, on stage. And she said something that somebody needed a miracle. And it's somebody in here, but they were not willing to step up. And I just want to share something real quick. Um, it's a really quick story. Um, this was a story that my, one of my pastors in California told me. He said that um, there was this pastor who died, went to heaven, walking with God, you know, on, on the streets of gold. And they were passing all these wonderful houses, mansions, castles, and stuff like that. As they were walking, they saw warehouses, tons of warehouses, huge. I'm talking big ones that can hold massive airplanes. And the pastor asked Jesus, Jesus, what's that? He goes, come here. I want to show you. So he went in there. Inside the warehouse were just boxes and boxes of gifts, different sizes, from small to large. And he's like, Lord, what is that? He goes, these are the gifts that people would not, were not willing to take. And I just want to share something with you that taste and see the Lord is good. For blessed is the person who takes refuge. I studied that word refuge in the um, Greek translation, also Hebrew translation of the Bible. And that word refuge means provision. That's one of the definitions. So God is not sitting here trying to take away your miracle. In fact, he's waiting for you to pick it up. And you have to have a willing spirit. Somebody out here needed that miracle, but why didn't you step up? Jesus told Peter, come. Peter went. And then all of a sudden the waves, you know, the story. But 
I think, Judy, if you want to share something, because I know you're trying to, it's in, it's, it's, And that he wanted you to, uh, we should have suggested it, but I think he wanted you to come up and get prayer for that miracle and to really press in for it and not, uh, I thought of that word that Ray shared because he shared that with me last week. And that's why um, I just really felt that was a word for someone. Awesome. I love it. Well, this is really good. This sets us right up. Come on. Yeah. Obviously, God still wants someone to get that miracle. So, otherwise, he wouldn't have paused everything right now. Exactly. Well, I want, I want, uh, we'll, we're not going to, you can get your miracle. It's not like, it's too late. Okay. God's not passing us by. His spirit of God is here. But let's talk about what hinders us from getting it. Okay, that's what we're going to be talking about today. So, we need that. And then at the end, we're going to release it, okay, for everybody. So lay hold of it. So we're going to get rid of what hinders miracles. We had this awesome time down there. Um, on the way up, I got a text from someone in California who said, I really need to talk to you. I know you're crazy busy, but I'm really under it. I've got some physical issues going on, et cetera, et cetera. We, we had to do other things. We had a birthday party to go to. So as soon as I got home, I threw everything on the bed, ripped you know, got my comfy clothes on and made the call. When I called, this person was under it. Uh, this is a story, true story. And I love that. You know that story of the warehouses? Don't forget what he said because in the spirit, I have been there and I have seen the warehouses. And they're not just big for like those big supply planes. I mean, I can't even tell you. They're all over. And the warehouses are full. And they're ready to go. And Sean, yeah, yeah. We could be here till 4 o'clock tonight, guys, getting miracles today. But I want us to talk about what hinders because we need to be prepared. The, the Our tabernacles, the theme God said to say is unleashing miracles. And if we don't need miracles, does the world need miracles? Our nation needs miracles. I need miracles. And last night, they need some miracles out in California. So I called, and this person had had been in it. Uh, they'd been called to be the, the head of their prayer warrior team and like our war room board over here. I told them we would pray for them today. The church that they go to is called the Solid Rock out in Hesperia, Apple Valley somewhere. And their whole church, um, I know this church, they've been pressing in, they've been fasting and praying this year. And um, bless their hearts, the backlash of the enemy. So they needed a word, what to do. Leaders, I mean, the church is almost standing room only due to this fasting and prayer that they've been doing and pressing in and pressing in and pressing in. But now leaders and a lot of the people have all received these ridiculous diagnoses of cancer, third stage cancers, all, all over their bodies. And this particular prayer warrior is calling me and she was telling me that, that um, I've got these lumps and my neck is stiff and I've got this pressure and I feel like something's in and I haven't had insurance and I haven't gone, but I'm going to make an appointment. But I need, we need to know what's going on here. So the Lord gave me a word of knowledge and he told me that they'd been pressing in and they'd been building spiritual bridges to the enemy's camp 
okay? And they'd been going in and doing warfare because Jesus said, I, I sent you here to destroy the works of the devil. That's part of your job, by the way. That's part of your identity. That's part of your DNA. You're a warrior. You're in the army of God. And you're here to destroy the works of the devil. And so they'd been doing this prayer and fasting. They'd been doing everything right. They'd been making breakthroughs. But when they were building the spiritual bridges over into the enemy's camps, they were forgetting to come back across the bridge and do praise and worship. You see, if you end your prayers with praise and worship, it destroys those spiritual bridges so the enemy can't come back across the bridges you built to come back and attack you. Do you see? Do you see that? Okay. So that was the revelation. I said, I, I believe this is what the Lord's saying. Uh, be sure and go and tell your pastor, you know, share, share this and, and let, submit it to them. Meanwhile, we, we said, look, we're not there. Where's your husband? We got, and, and she kept saying, oh, and then she was getting these texts, demonic texts. I can't tell you what they were full of. You wouldn't, I, I can't use the words or the terms, but I'll give you a few highlights. So they, this a woman has been texting from different phone numbers, so the police can't even find. She's using different phones, you see, to send these wicked texts. They're like newspaper articles of hatred and curses and hexes and vexes and saying, I want to get the hottest coffee and see it thrown on your face and see your face melt and blister and, and, and you know, descriptive things like this. And then there were, you know, disgusting uh uh, intimate things, uh, sexual things. I mean, it was just disgusting. And this has been happening for over a month. And I said, is this person into witchcraft? Because that's what I'm hearing here, witchcraft. And she's, well, she's a professional and she's a teacher. I look, I said, witchcraft comes in all sizes and shapes and they're in every kind of business in the world. And they look straight and nice and professional but they know what to do. I said, so we're going to pray over this. So I said, go get your husband. And she kept saying, well, every time we'd get one of these, my husband, he would just be up on his feet, up on his feet, up on his feet. And she kept repeating that. She was using that kind of a term like it was, he's shook up about this. And he was the one that said, we need to go to the police. We're, for, you know, is she going to drive up to the house and shoot us or something? So anyway, um, we said, get your husband. He went. I said, go get, do you have any anointing oil? No. I said, well, do you have any olive oil? We'll pray over it right now. It'll get holy in five seconds. So they went and got it, and we prayed over the oil, and, I, and we had him uh, anoint her with oil, and we all, and we put the phone on speaker, and we went after it. And we went after breaking those powers of darkness and everything else. By the time it was done, um, these pains and, and issues in the body were, were uh, ceasing. Amen? I, I'm taking all this time to tell you miracles are in the house. Words of knowledge are in the house. The storehouse is full, and you're not go you don't have to leave without one. Everybody gets a miracle. But we want to talk today. One of the things they talked about last uh, yesterday was things that hinder us from receiving it. And there are stories all through the Bible that talk about this. And so a few weeks ago, a few months ago, this summer, we've talked about prayer, the call to prayer, the call to prayer and fasting, 
We know that in some cases, uh, the person wouldn't have received their miracle or deliverance where the demons had taken over that man and the disciples were trying to cast it out. They, they had faith. We talked about that recently. Sometimes it's not by faith alone. Jesus came and they said, what's the deal here? It's not coming out. Jesus just came, he did the business, and he said, sometimes you've got to have prayer and fasting too. You've got to fast on these things. That's why it's part of our life. It's part of our life to set things free and move things. So if you've had things that seem stagnant or not moving, get into some prayer and fasting about these things or people that you're believing for. So uh, some of those things are this. We talked about fear. God's been speaking to us all summer long. We don't know how much fear and anxiety and all sorts of stuff going on. It's so common We live so much in fear, we don't even know we are doing it. We have doubt. 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 And fear isn't doubt. And unbelief isn't the same thing as doubt. We're going to define it. They're different in character. And these are things that keep us from receiving because Ray just hit on one of the stories of Jesus. When they were in the boat there, and Jesus said, hey, I'm going to meet you over here in the city, and they jumped in a boat to head across uh, the great sea lake they were on, and a storm rose up, and all of a sudden they're sinking. They're about ready to go under, and they're all terrified, and they're in fear. They're totally in fear, and suddenly they're looking out like we could think that they were in the middle of Hurricane Matthew, and all this rain and the storm and the thing is being tossed and their faith. And they've been with Jesus. They've seen miracles. They've done some miracles themselves. But suddenly they're in the middle of this lake. And where's Jesus? Suddenly they look out. And now they think they see a ghost because they see somebody walking on the water. Whoa. What does Jesus say? Hey. Fear not. Fear not. Peter recognizes his voice, and he decides to jump out of the boat, and he says, Lord, bid I come? Can I come with you? Can I, come, can I actually do this with you? This is, some, this is a miracle we've not done before. This is new. And now, the sea, you know, the sea is sloshing. This isn't calm waters. This isn't like walking through a little stagnant pool that's been sitting around. We're talking, you know, this would be like rock climbing, I think, you know, on the water. But Jesus is cool. And he's just trekking across the water, and it's behaving itself. And Jesus reaches his hand out. And so Peter jumps out of the boat, and he walks out there. And he's getting there, and then all of a sudden, he starts to sink. And Jesus grabs him, and what does he say? Why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? So we're going to talk about some of those things and what Jesus said. And... uh, I'm really, it was really great. The guy did a great outline. I'm taking most of it from there and ad-libbing as the Holy Spirit gives us. Uh, So we want to deal with these doubt issues and the things that hinder. You can't earn faith. It's a gift. It's in the storehouse. There's faith storehouses. And the Bible says when you get born again and saved and you give your heart to Jesus Christ, he says he gives to everyone a measure of faith. So it's like part of the credentials. It's like, when will I get it? When will I learn it? 
uh, do I have to behave five days in a row to get some faith? No. It's a gift, and he gave it to you the day you were born again. So um, we've taught on this faith and belief, and that doesn't work because you know that you can have faith and you know that you can believe it all day long. But until you put an action to that and you do what the word says, you take that step. I mean, Peter could have said, yeah, I believe I could walk on water. Yeah, I have faith to walk on water. But he couldn't have walked on water till he threw that leg and jumped out of that boat and hit the water. Do you see? He would have never had that experience. And better for him to have had that experience because what did he learn? I can't doubt in the middle of something. If you're ministering to somebody or you're preaching about a miracle and you come up and, I mean, look, how many times have you done it? You're praying for something big. It's totally beyond you. It's even beyond the measure of faith you think you have. You're not even sure if you have the faith. You're just moving by faith. And you're trusting God's going to move in. But sometimes you're even doubting. Well, I'm going to pray the prayer of faith, but I really don't know if this is going to happen. Or what about this? I believe in God. I know he's got a miracle for me. I, I believe in miracles. I've seen them. I have faith for it. But I just don't know if he's going to give me one. Doubt. What does doubt do? You know, we're always trying to find, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not into bad smells. I have a hound nose, and I don't like bad smells. So you walk into my house, and there's all sorts of trying good smells. I have plug-ins everywhere, you know. And I always look at the aisle like, what's new on the aisle of good smells? And they have these things you can spray in your house that do what? Neutralize odors. Well, doubt neutralizes faith. It just neutralizes it. It doesn't, it, it makes it not effective anymore. It neutralizes it. And, ooh, that was just a thought. He just asked me, what does faith smell like, Kathy? And I'm like, I don't know, but I want to find out. I, w- I want my spiritual nose to smell faith when I walk into a room. I want to have a new uh, sign of the Spirit so that I know faith is moving. Because I know what fear smells like. Do you know what it smells like? It smells like sweat. It smells like an armpit. And it smells like vomit. Because it tears up your belly and makes you want to throw up. I'm serious. Fear does have a smell. Lord, you're so good. You gave us some good stuff today. Well, Anyway, what about, what about when they went up to the beggar that had been sitting there for years begging, and, and Peter was there and, and the other disciple, and, and he's, you know, begging for money, and they go, gold and silver I don't have, but I'll give you what I have. Now, this beggar did not have the faith for that. The miracle happened, but whose faith was it born out of? Peter's. John's. It was their faith. So sometimes you can have a miracle even if you don't have faith. It can be birthed and brought forth by someone else's faith. Are we on the same page? Okay. What about the friends that had a friend and Jesus was preaching? There were crowds coming around. 
the, the house was full. They couldn't get in. The people were everywhere. They were in front of the windows. They couldn't get in the doors. So they climbed the roof, and this guy was in a basket. He couldn't walk or something. It must have been really sick. And they tear open the roof where, of the room that Jesus is preaching in, and if you haven't read the story, on ropes they put on the basket. So these must have been some strong guys to tear up that roof anyway. And they let their friend down. So here Jesus would be like, what, what's that up on the roof? And all of a sudden, somebody drops a body in here because it's standing room only. There's no more room in here. So they come through the roof. You need to hang out with friends like that. You need to hang out with people that have faith. You need to be hanging out with people that are radical and willing to tear up a roof or tear, tear down a wall or, or whatever it is to get that miracle. They were there. They were intent on one thing. And Jesus was amazed. Here comes this guy down on the roof. And what did he do? The guy got healed. Get up. Another thing that was pointed out over the weekend, and Jesus wasn't a big man of words. Like he didn't pray for, for five minutes, 15 minutes, trying to jack up somebody's faith. He, he didn't do that, did he? When it came to casting out demons, he says, you know, out, come out. It wasn't like, Father, please do this. Father, would you do this? Set them free. Da, 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 da. He just spoke it, and it was. What did he say to the storm? Peace, be still. It wasn't, God, God, Father, would you do this for us? Lord, we're pleading, that, you know, we're doing, we, we were good last week, and, and I know I screwed up this morning, but I'm better now, and, and I thought about you, you know, an hour ago, and um, no, boom. They didn't go, he didn't go through the process that we do. It was boom. I want that. Do you want that? I want that kind of faith. I want that kind of action. I want that kind of identity. Because it's not me doing the miracle. It's him. I want to identify with Jesus Christ inside of me in such a powerful way that I'm just like, I open my mouth and Jesus, all he has to say is, get out. In Jesus' name. Get out. Wake up. Lazarus, come forth. It wasn't like, okay, call the elders, call the tribal chiefs, uh, call California, get all the intercessors across. Do you see what I'm saying? Everybody's crying. You're here too late. In the case of Lazarus, he'd been dead four days. He's stinking. He's rotting. It's too late. No. He comes up. Lazarus, come forth. And here comes Lazarus. That's what I want. I want that. I, I don't want to have to, like, do all this stuff. I want to so identify with Jesus Christ in me, Jesus Christ in you. You're, we're nothing, but he's everything. The word of God says, with man it's impossible. With man it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. I wanted that to permeate so much in my mind that doubt can't even get in, that there's no room for doubt. 
I want that living there. I want it to be stacked to the rafters of that room where, where doubt has tried to park and live and set up an RV and have a party in my life. I want it to get out. I renounce doubt. Do you renounce it with me? Let's say, I renounce doubt. I renounce it in Jesus' name. And I want all things are possible to live there and grow there and manifest there because that's where miracles happen. Amen? Okay. Okay, I've been all over the place. I'm going to have to go. So sometimes it's hard to get those people healed that don't have faith. But your faith works. Amen? So it's okay. What about the woman with the issue? The woman with the issue of blood. She'd been sick all those years, on and on, spent a lot of money on it. Finally, she's come to the end of her rope. She knows she's bled so much over the years. She, you know, she's going to die if she doesn't get healed. And Jesus, Jesus is in the crowd. You could never get to him, you know. Um, she had blood. She's not even supposed to touch him. She's unclean. She's not even supposed to be out. So she hides it from the crowds because that was the way it was in, in that day. If you had blood issues, you weren't allowed with the people. Okay, so the, so the angels are here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Um, there, well, I've got a little short story to tell you. There were angels here. Lonnie and I were working out here this uh, week, and we were looking for stuff, and I said, Lonnie, where's that? And he goes, oh, I don't think, uh, you know, um, it was uh, something and we were looking for. And he, he goes, well, I think there's only two. I said, no, I think there's three of these. And he goes, well, I, I could tell he didn't want to go looking for this thing, right? And we were cleaning out and getting ready for tabernacles. So then I went into the nursery, and I was like, oh, my gosh, this didn't get cleaned. And we, I said, i got to clean this place and strip it and so I was in there cleaning it, vacuuming and everything, and he'd come to all of his tasks. He, he'd come back later, and he says, Kathy, I've looked everywhere. I looked everywhere you said. I t- in our family, it's like when you come back and say I couldn't find it, we go, did you touch everything? It's just a little thing we do. Did you touch everything? You know, it's like, so it's not look everywhere. You've got to touch it. And so, so the funny part was, so he, as he goes, I touched everything. You know, he's just being cash. And I touched everything. You know, it's a joke. And I go, okay, well, I guess I'm wrong. You know, I'm never wrong, right? No, I guess I'm wrong. I, I don't know. I thought we had three. And I, and I guess we only have two. So anyway, I'm in there vacuuming. He was doing then. He'd come to the end of his task. He's sitting in that chair right where Jackie is. And the door to the nursery was open. And I'm finishing up. I turned the vacuum off. And he's checking emails and stuff. And he goes, hey, where did you find that? And I said, find what? I'm exhausted now. And he goes, you know, what we were looking for. And I go, I didn't find anything. What are you talking about? He says, well, it's right up front. And I go, up from where? So I looked up here, and I was sitting right here in the middle of the room. Now, the day before we started, that morning when we prayed, we said, God, we've got so much to do. It's impossible. The list of tasks that we have to accomplish in time schedules today, it is impossible. And we're just asking would you, would you let some angels come and help us out here today? Because we're never going to get this done. We need some miraculous power and assistance here today. And I looked at him. I go, right, okay. I thought he was playing tricks. You know, sometimes he's funny like that. 
And um, sometimes. And uh, so anyway, no, he didn't. It was sitting right here. Now, believe me, we've been all over this place. We, we didn't miss it. So there's angelic activity, angelic activity going on in the house already. They've arrived early. And it's not that they're here to just serve us and do our, you know, like servants. But they are here to minister to us and assist us to get the jobs done that we need to get done to prepare for the Lord's coming. So where was I in that story? The woman with the blood? Okay. She pressed through the couch. She touched Jesus. What happened when she touched Jesus? He, he felt virtue of power go out. And he's in a huge crowd, and he goes to his, who touched me? And they're like, hey, are you kidding me? <laughs> We've got thousands of people here pressing in, trying to attack you. We're just trying to keep you from being, you know, trampled on. We, uh, who would we, we're supposed to know who touched you. And anyway, he turns around, and there she is, and she's like, whoa. She touched the hem of his garment. That's what she knew. All I had to do is touch. Now, she got her healing. And what did he say? What did he say to her? See, in this case, she had faith. She had belief. And what did she do? She put action to it. She went after it. And he said, your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. So you don't even always have to be in a service. You could be... who. There's not always a church service or a healing service or a miracle service going on when you need a miracle. We need miracles wherever they happen. And in this case, look, you can run to God and you can get your miracle. You can cry out to God for a God encounter. And that's what she did. That's what she did. It was her faith. And so even if you don't have faith or you're struggling, get and hang out with people that believe so you can get your miracle that way. Amen? Amen. Okay. Uh, let me check my notes. Oh, this is a good one. Jarius' daughter. We don't have time to go through all these scriptures, but if you look up these names, you're going to find these stories. You guys know these stories? How many know the story of Jarius' daughter? Okay. Then if I say anything that isn't true, you just jump up here and say, wait a minute, pastor. Okay, so we're not reading the scriptures, but there's this story. So this guy named Jarius, Yarius is really how you would pronounce it. Yarius' daughter got sick, and she was sick to the death. They knew that she'd been so sick. They'd done everything they could. They'd prayed. They'd done whatever, and they're like, she's going to die. Just a young kid. I mean, whose heart doesn't go out for that? Uh, she might have been a little bit older than Nicholas over here. So, you know, that's heartbreaking, a, a young life being cut short. And so Yarius had heard about Jesus, and he sent out some people. He said, please, go into town and find Jesus and just cry out and beg him to come over here and pray for my daughter, please. So he couldn't leave her bedside. She was ready to die any minute. And uh, they went in. They found Jesus. They told him what was going on, and Jesus says, hey, I'm going to go. So they started their journey, and actually that journey was interrupted by the woman with the issue of blood. Now, think about it if you were Yarius. You don't want this. You don't even care about that woman getting healed. You, don't, you want somebody, Jesus to part the crowd like he parted the Red Sea. And you want Jesus to be able to get there as soon as possible because this is your baby. This is your baby. That woman's had that issue for 18 years. It can wait. 
But anyway, this woman interrupts it, so he's even delayed further. And so they move on, and they get going. And while all that was going on, Yarius's daughter died. She died. It was too late. So Yarius said, well, it's too late. The people were there, it's too late. If only he could have been here. Send someone out to tell him that he doesn't have to come now. So they send somebody on the road. Jesus hears. They say, don't come, don't bother, she's dead. But he did what? He ignored that report. Okay? There's going to be times when you're looking for a miracle, and there's going to be reports. It could be a doctor's report. I don't know. It could be an x-ray. It could be something you can literally see. It could be the pain if it's a physical miracle you need. I don't know what kind of a miracle you need, but somebody's going to come. The devil's going to make sure that you get a report. Don't bother. It's too late. So this is really good because we're getting into the whole thing we talked about, doubt. Jesus ignored it, and they kept going on their journey. They headed for Yarius' house. Everybody's wailing. Everybody's bawling. You know, it's bad. Everybody's feeling like bad, bad, bad. How could this have happened? They're heartbroken. And Jesus goes in, and they go, well, it's too late. She's dead. And he goes in, and there's, you know, family and friends around the little girl bawling. And he says, everybody out. He cleared the room out. They all said it was too late. He cleared the room out of doubt. He cleared the room out. He says, everybody leave. And then he called in his disciples who had faith. And he filled the room with people that had faith. Amen? And they prayed. He said to everybody, do not fear. These are, this is a quote. Do fear not. Don't be afraid. Only believe. Remember, fear and faith cannot exist at the same time. Fear not. Only believe. Fear and faith cannot exist at the same time. You can't carry that with you. Get that stuff out. Fear cancels out faith. So he clears the room of fear and unbelief, fills it with faith. And what did he say? All we need is two or three in his name. He didn't say you need a house full. He didn't say you need the extra stellar international prayer warrior group praying all at the same time in all different time zones. He just said all you need is two or three gathered in my name, and I will be there. I will be there in your midst. That's all you need. And that's all they had in that room with this little girl. She'd been dead for quite a while now. Okay, she was blue. She wasn't breathing. The blood was draining, settling down in the back of her little body. She was dead. And then he said, what did he say? Get up. Those were the two words he used 
to raise that little girl from the dead. And she got up. Get up. I want that faith. I want the full measure of faith. How about you? I want the full measure of faith. I want to drive fear and anxiety and doubt from my life. I've declared war on it. I've declared war on it in this church. I declare war on it in your life. But you're the first man soldier to the front line of that war because it's you. I can't run around with you all day saying, hey, wait a minute. That sounds like fear. Hey, that sounds like doubt. Hey, hey, we're talking faith. But that's what I'm like with myself. If I start into it or I start to go into an acceptance mode, you know, like this morning we were getting spiritual warfare on our worship. Usually we just go, well, you know, we always get this. It's the feast time. Of course he's going to go. No, I'm not accepting that anymore. It's not status quo anymore. That, that doesn't operate in my life. That didn't operate in Jesus' life. He dealt with it every second. And he said he was tempted just like we are. But he stood up to it and said, no, I'm going to have faith. I'm not going to doubt. I'm going to believe, and I'm going to take action on it. Are you loving this? Do not let um, fear rule your life anymore. Amen? Just say it. Don't let fear rule your life. And stay with people. Hang out with people of faith. And, and become one. Become somebody of a man or woman of faith that people want to hang out with. There's people you want to hang out with for stuff like that. I know there's people I want to hang out with. So anyway, she got up, and she was raised from the dead. And not only was that, but she was completely healed with the sickness and disease, and the party started. Come on. Resurrection time. He unleashed miracles. Every story I just said, it was unleashing miracles. You see, sometimes the miracle is right in here. It's, it's in here. It's inside Jesus. That's inside you. All you have to do it is through faith, belief, and stop doubting. Unleash it. Let it go. Let it flow out of your life. Do you have an expectation? Did you think that Jesus went into that room going, well, I have faith, but we haven't, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of unbelief around here. Can we break through that? Can we, I don't know, you know, we're just going to try it. We're going to see if it happens. No. He had expectation that his father would move and that his father would receive the glory because he wasn't there to take any. He wasn't there to impress anybody. He was there to save this little girl and exercise the love of God and show the world that he wants you to live. He wants to be in the middle of your crisis. He wants to show up with miracles. He wants to reveal his glory. He wants to reveal what faith can do without unbelief and doubt operating in our lives. He wanted to show you what a man, he was a 100% man of what? Faith. He was flesh and blood. If somebody stepped on his foot, it hurt. Come on. If he ate something bad, he could get indigestion. He's like you and me. He says it was tested in all things, just like you and I are. So unbelief and doubt are different. Doubt is just as powerful as unbelief. 
And um, yeah, I already told you that, that if you say, yes, I believe um, in miracles, and I've got faith for that, but I just don't know about me, again, doubt makes faith ineffective. It doesn't work. It neutralizes it. Okay, I told that story already. Jesus went to the fig tree one day, and he went looking for something to eat, and there were no figs on it. Now, it was probably not seasonal. Who knows? It might not have even been bearing fruit. But when Jesus got there, he cursed the fig tree, and it died. That's in the natural realms. But what I want to tell you is the tree of life, the trees in the spiritual realm have fruit on them 24 hours a day, 12 months out of the year. There's no seasonal changes to God. There isn't a season to miracles. And when he cursed the fig tree, it withered and died, and they were astonished. But he was showing them something that in the spirit, there's always fruit. There's always fruit. And he wanted them to know, he wanted them to say, you're like this fig tree, but in the spirit, you can have fruit all the time manifesting in your life. Amen? All the time. All the time. So a kingdom divided, a kingdom divided, um, what? Falls. We've got to, right, we've got to have... um, We've got to have unity, and Jesus says, if you have faith and do not doubt, you can say to this mountain, this is at the fig tree story, be cast into the sea, and it will happen. They were astonished that he could curse the fig tree, and it went, and he says, look, if you just have faith, even a mustard seed, a small mustard seed, amen. James 1.5, I'm ending here. James 1.5, I'm going to read it. Um. 5 through verse 8. It says, James is saying this to the people. He says, but if any one of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him, but let him ask in faith without doubting. Jesus is always saying, you have not because you, you have not because you, You just don't even ask him. You don't even talk to him. That's all prayer is, is talking to God, just simply talking to God. Talk to him. Ask him. Receive. Yeah. Oh, okay. But let him ask in faith without any doubting, for the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea. You've all been watching Hurricane Matthew. Get that picture. Get that picture in your mind. Doubt is like a hurricane of destruction in your thought life. But let him ask in faith without any doubting, for the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man expect that he will receive anything from the Lord, being double-minded, being a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. You can't have both operating. It can't be a house divided in your mind of doubt and faith. They can't exist 
together. Come on. Can I hear an amen? Are you getting that? Do you want to lay hold of that? It's, you know, you got to have it. People need to be healed. And um, when we, let's just pray against it right now. You know, God is sowing seeds of faith here today. Did, did you know that? Seeds everywhere. I've seen seeds falling from heaven. Seeds everywhere. Seeds of faith. He's casting. He's sowing faith and, and belief in your hearts this morning. And what happens at the same time? The minute you walk out of here, even try to do it before you leave, the devil is going to sow his seed. And he's going to sow his seeds of doubt. Come on. We have to cast those things out. We have to speak to those things right now. Let every seed of doubt curse it like the fig tree that bore no fruit because the only fruit that seeds of doubt bear is that which is destructive like a hurricane to your faith and your belief and you're laying hold and you're releasing unleashing miracles. Come on. So let's pray right now. Just everybody stand up because we're closing now. Let's pray against it. Father, right now, We cast out all these seeds of doubt. We cast out anything growing that is called doubt. Anything that is set up camp in our thought life, in our heart, God. Any false doctrines that say we doubt the word of God. Because, Lord Jesus, you said you are the same today as you were yesterday. And you will be the same tomorrow. Father, we throw out any theology that say miracles are are done away. Miracles were for in the past. Lord, your word, we counter that with you are the same today as yesterday and tomorrow and every day after and for eternity. And we cast out any false doctrines, anything we believed, any sacred cows. And Jesus, we say, come now, come now and fill that place with all things are possible. Let that live. Let that tree, let that seed grow in us. All things are possible. All things are possible. All things are possible. Nothing is impossible to me with Christ. All things are possible. All things are possible. All things are possible. Raise it. Somebody dies. All things are possible. Somebody has a a, a cancer diagnosis. All things are possible. Somebody, somebody gets a leg cut off. All things are possible. All things are possible. All things are possible. No more doubt in Jesus name. We cast it out. Hallelujah. Jesus said, unless we become like little children. Jesus said, he pulled up the little child. Disciples trying to get the snotty-nosed kids away from him. You know, the children want to go see Jesus. And they're like, get away. They're dirty. Those saggy diapers. You know, they didn't have what we have. They, They don't have the pampers and those kind of snuggies. No, they were disgusting diapers in those days. Saggy little loads walking around and children in Jesus' day. But what did he say? No, suffer not the children. Don't, let, don't shoo them away. Let the kids come up here. And he stood, and they just opened. Oh, there's Jesus. We want to touch him. And then he looked at the crowd of all the adults and anybody there that thought they were something. And he said, unless you become like these little ones right here, just ooing and gooing on me, wanting to touch me and snuggle and lay their heads, wipe their little snotty noses on my tunic. He says, unless you become like them, you can't even enter the kingdom of God. It's, it's, it's that simple. You can't even enter the kingdom of God. Let's become like little children during this feast. Let's run in here ready. Let's not even be aware of whether we're good, whether we're bad. We're just childlike faith running to Jesus. 
We're running to Jesus. We're looking for our Lord. We're looking for the lover of our soul. We're looking for the man. I'm looking for my super, superhero Jesus. Come on. That's what I want. I want to see you get your miracle. Whoever is here, and if you didn't lay hold of that miracle, we just release it. Everybody release it. We release faith. And we release faith and belief and release, yes, all things are possible to you. And you've got your miracle today. You've got it. We don't need a bunch of words. You've got it. Get it. Jesus would have one or two or three words. Receive it. Come on, come on. Just extend your hand for a moment. Just extend your hand before the Lord. Just close your eyes. All of us have a place in our lives that we need God's intervention. And Father, we thank you for your word that you've removed all realms of doubt and every separation that keeps us from experiencing the touch of your hand. And so, Father, this morning we come, we come boldly by your word, knowing that you've made a way through who you are, Lord Jesus, that we might receive the supernatural touch of your hand. Father, it could be that son we're crying out for. Or it could be the physical demonstration of a sign and a wonder that through doctors have prescribed or described what's supposed to be the outcome. But Jesus, you are the author and the finisher of our faith. You are the one who has created this body. And so you can touch this physical body and it will be healed. And Father, there could be those places in our emotions where our emotions overtake, whether it be our grandchildren, our finances, where we find ourselves in lives. Lord Jesus, all doubt and all separation from what you have divinely purposed for our lives, we now receive that miracle. Father, even the... (laughs) Even the empty spot that will be in my heart when Sandra leaves. But Father, you can fill that spot. Nobody will take Sandra's spot, but you can fill that spot with the miracle of that which we've sown and walked together and will continue to walk out, knowing that she'll be reestablished and reunited in this house. For surely this is just a time, Sandra that the Lord's going to take you to a place that he's desired and that you've desired, that he's going to bring once again, we're talking about that of the faith of a child, the Lord's going to bring back a place of safety for you, Sandra. God's going to restore your youth. He's going to remove all that that old caker worm has tried to take and steal and rob and steal. And interesting how God is going to take you to where there's an ocean, where there's the breeze of His Spirit, where is that washing presence of the sound of waves and the cleansing process of His love. And I speak to you, Sandra, that you are not going down just for work. God is going to establish something inside of you that He's longed to do and that you've cried out for Him to do. The Lord says, I've healed your body, Sandra, in many ways. But now I'm going to the depths of your spirit. I've raised you up to be a woman of God. I've taken this time because I've wanted to nurture the person who I've desired you to be, not who others thought you should be. So I will take you during this time, and it's going to be an appointed time, Sandra. And he says, I want you to watch for me. 
I want you to watch for me in the natural, but I also want you to begin to mature in the spirit. Listen to my voice, says the Lord. You'll be like a young Samuel, and you'll hear me in the night hours, and I will call your name, Sandra. And you'll say, here I am, Lord. So we release you, Sandra, and that which is the next step of your destiny. The Lord says, I've corrected your ability to walk. He says, I healed that place in your leg that you were unable even to stand. But he says, now I'm going to make you upright. I'm going to take you into places now that you naturally will not be able to walk, but supernaturally, I'll send in ministering angels to you. And you're going to see an uprightness. And what's going to be the amazing part is, is that all that have known you, you're going to come back to woman as it was with Moses came down from the mountain. What is this? What is this that's upon your presence? And it's going to be that encounter that you have with God. And they're going to see him. And they're going to see the very demonstration of who he is in your life and the miracles that continue to take place. So we release you, Sandra, as a house. We don't let you go, but we release you for that time in this season that God will establish once again his purpose. And, Father, we ask that there be relationships that you'd establish and you develop. Father, I ask that there be such an authority in her hands. Father, we just had a young child named Ruth being born into the house. And, Father, let Sandra become a youth, a Ruth to, the, to this generation, O oh God. That she'll be one that, Father, will set her heart on seeing God's people released. And, Father, I ask that you would set up divine appointments down in Hyannis and that she will all know and see and understand what those relationships are purposed for and that she'll have the power of your voice to speak into their lives. And you'll speak those things that are not presently but shall be. In Jesus' name. Do you have something? So everybody, just extend your hands. And, Father, we just release our love and your love to Sandra. Father, and I even see, it's just amazing, I see Joseph's coat of many colors. Father, I ask you to warm her, robe her with that which is the establishing, the establishing of your presence. Let there be an uprightness that even people in the natural see. Not elevating Sandra, but a distinction of who she is in you, O oh God. We declare this, Father, in Jesus' name. And you all said, Amen. So expectation changes the atmosphere. Come on. And so come to the feast this week expecting, expecting like you never did. I pray for your expectation and your expectators. Make them go. Yes, Deb. You've got. Um, so I, I just need you just for just a moment. So we were gone this weekend to um, a healing conference. And um, some of you don't know, but one night a week, I take care of an elderly woman. The whole time we were there, the Lord just kept bringing Anne to mine and bringing her to mine. And so I've been praying for her. And the Lord told me to get one of these little kerchiefs, anoint it with oil, and for us corporately to pray over this because I'm going there tonight. And I am believing that God is going to heal Anne. Um, I'm going to lay this on her heart, and I'm going to pray over her tonight. And so I want you to corporately stand with me. Amen. That's right. And blessed and sent them out to those who were sick and they were healed. So, Father, we have the faith substance. Amen. We've moved beyond doubt and unbelief. Father, we have possible. the faith substance to believe 
by the impartation of the life substance of the tree of life that we spoke about this morning, Amen. this woman will be touched by the spirit of life. She'll be touched, Father, by the very presence yeah. of your son, Jesus, Thank and you. healing, healing would come in Be Jesus' healed. name. Be healed. Get up, Get up and walk in Jesus' name. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. Make sure you check out your bulletin. Make sure you set a time aside Tuesday from 5 to 6. We love you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Be sure you love on Sandra. Tell her how much you love her. Get her cell phone number. Communicate with her. Stay in touch with her. In Jesus' name, amen.